Welcome to the Greatest Good Podcast. I'm your host, David Osk, along with my co-host and beautiful sister, Kirsten. Benjamin Disraeli once said, The greatest good you can do for another is not to share with him your riches, but to reveal to him his own. We all know certain people in our lives that when they enter the room, the room gets instantly better, wiser, safer, and more joyful. Why is that? These individuals have absolute clarity on who they are and the impact they want to have uniquely. Why is it so important to have clarity on our uniqueness? Well, just like a fingerprint or our eye's retina, our souls are so unique. If we have a vague sense of this, we are going to feel it, and so is everyone around us. Our spouses, co-workers, and friends. That big question mark and lack of self-awareness will take its toll. So what causes you to rise up, light up? And I like to say, what gives your goosebumps goosebumps? What is it to be fully alive? I believe it's having absolute clarity on our most unique riches, the strengths, convictions, and beauty, the hero in all of us. Thanks for joining us. Let's go. Okay, so on this episode of the Greatest Good Podcast with my uh, cute sister, Kirsten, we're actually going to talk about our golf membership. (laughs) I think you need to do your your golf your golf announcer or golf caster, whatever you call it, voice. My Jim Nance. <laughs> Welcome. Today. Yes. Today is a beautiful day mm. at Oak Hills. Now, 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 now remind you, I did not say Oak Hill as in Michigan, as in the pro course. I said Oak Hills. This, this folks is in Greenbrier, <laughs> Tennessee. And just so you all know, we are country club members. Yes. This is a beautiful, Members. beautiful golf course <laughs> with no sand traps. <laughs> Except part of the green, kind of, sort of, is right. pretty rough. <laughs> and it's a heck of a deal on the membership. So uh, yeah. if anyone's interested, it's... That's right. <laughs> hey, by the way, so... so you know, uh... you, know what's, you know what's funny? Here we are in this podcast talking about, you know, the greatest good, the riches and all this kind of stuff. So here's what we're going to, we're going to kind of tee this up today where we're talking about this intrinsic versus extrinsic, right? And those are fancy words for internal versus external, you know, mm-hmm. kind of motivations and so on. But mm-hmm. here's what's interesting in the golf world. I don't care if you're talking professional or you are talking, you know, people at work or church or so on. When you start talking about golf, yep. it is really fascinating at how many people derive a lot of, and maybe this is an overreach, but a lot of identity from how well they play the game and how well mm-hmm. they are respected among their peers. It's mm-hmm. um, it's a mm-hmm. fascinating paradigm of of sorts on the golf course. Yeah, and, with, um, with men, I would imagine it's probably more than some of my my lady friends. But I'll tell you, it's interesting you bring that up because yesterday. I played the worst round. I think I've played in five years. Oh, it man. was like I was a newbie. Just starting over. Had never swung a club and it was in a league that I'm in. So we're keeping score. I mean, I, I, I bet out of, we just played nine holes, probably six of them. I just had to pick up my ball. I yeah. lost four in the woods, two in the water. I mean, it was horrible. And by about the sixth, sixth hole, I was like, you know, just getting all this, oh my gosh, what has happened and starting to feel pretty low. 
But then I thought, isn't this like such a metaphor for life of things are coming, coming, you know, going poorly, adversity coming against me. Mm. And it's like, what, what are my inner resources to draw from yeah. when I'm just totally stinking up this course? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very <And> humbling. <laughs> well, and it's, a, it's a fascinating thing. We, um, so Dr. Andy and I were approached by a, uh, a pro golf association that, that talks about uh, that really wants work done with some of their, you know, mm-hmm. associates, if you will, golfers and so on, on, okay. on what you just said, you know, yeah. how, how, how do you become resilient in mm-hmm. the face of ad- adversity? It's yeah. a, it's a funny thing. I heard someone say the other day that throughout the week, you have to practice like your life depends on it. I mean, the, the mm. competition level is so high now, right? The, mm. the athleticism, all the, everything from, you know, the, the conveniences of trainers and trailers and going on the road with you and having mm-hmm. absolutely everything at your disposal from nutrition to trainers, to ice baths, to all this mm. kind of thing, to, to get these athletes to perform at that level you know, is it's just incredibly competitive. And so one of the, one of the girls was saying, she said, you have to practice throughout the week, like your life depends on it, but then you get to the weekend to play. And she said, but then you have to play like you don't care one bit because Mm -hmm. you you don't want to get locked in your head. And what's fascinating is, is, you know, most people would say golf, especially is such a you know, it's such a head game. I mean, it's, it's probably 70% mental yeah, and 30%, you know, athleticism. I mean, you look back at, you know, even now, right. You've got some of these golfers that look like, you know, Greek gods, you know, they're just, but it's funny. Mm-hmm. They're not the best ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're towards the top, right. But some of these guys who are, you know, just yeah. kind of scrawny little fellas, little right. Dad bod. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, and look, yeah, you mentioned like John Daly, right? Back in the day, yeah. like that oh, dude, man. that dude looked like he, you know, sat on a stool in a bar, you know, eating beef jerky and peanuts and drinking beer his whole <laughs> life. He still does and smoking cigarettes, but he was, he won major tournaments. Major. I mean, and, wow. Yeah, so you wonder what's going on in his, you know, his mental capacity to push through certain situations and get through you know, yeah. you've got the world watching you. Of course, today yeah. we're talking about the power of your environment. Mm. And you've got the world watching you, not only on television, but then you've got 50,000 people standing around, you know, a golf course and a hole watching you tee off this little white ball. By the way, yeah. if if you're listening here and, and you've not heard Robin Williams' um, expose on golf, go look on YouTube. <laughs> it's absolutely hysterical. <laughs> He, oh man! He uses a Scottish accent and talks about you know the the agony of golfers. It's just marvelous. Oh, but um, it is such a metaphor for life. And yeah. even in that little microcosm of nine holes of golf yesterday, it was like every tool in my tool belt, you know, to keep keep going, started showing up with you know even now as you're talking, like I I'm laughing because I, I utilized, I had to laugh because it yeah. was so bad, yeah. but, but that's a real powerful one is, is to, like you're saying, to get out of your head, lighten up. All right. Next, next shot is a next shot. And yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, marvelous. So, so, Hey, I'm going to, I'd like to, if you don't mind, I'm going to just kind of shift gears and mm-hmm. I've got a quote by a Stanford professor um, who is, um, 
obviously at Stanford, pretty well-respected um, man, Dr. Philip uh, Zimbardo. And of course, Dr. Andy is the one who introduced me to this quote. So I'm mm-hmm. going to kind of tee it up a, a bit of a conversation with regards to, you know, extrinsic versus intrinsic. And and so people can kind of understand understand that. And I, and, and you and I, right, when we first started teeing up this podcast, we're like, how can we wade into the weeds so that, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of everybody on a, you know, an eighth grade level kind of gets this. So mm-hmm. what we're going to try to do is to introduce a, some things that are maybe a little high level, but then to break them down into very ordinary, everyday, you know, stuff. So, so this quote um, by Zimbardo, he says, the most apparent thing that I noticed was how most of the people in this study derived their sense of identity and well-being from their immediate surroundings rather mm-hmm. than from within themselves. And mm-hmm. that's why they broke down, just couldn't stand the pressure. They had nothing within them to hold up against all of this. Mm. And I mean, that's a, that's like a a punch in the stomach, but at the same time, a little bit of an invitation because he's pointing out, Hey, they, they, they couldn't stand up against the wind for this reason, but obviously there were people that did stand up against that wind, right? Yeah. What's the difference for another reason? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So such a, such an interesting discussion. Yeah. Where does your, where does your heart and mind go first as you read that quote? You know, I, I think that, um, I think if I were to have read that, you know, 20 years ago, right. I probably Mm -hmm. would have been like, there would have been a little more anxiety around it. Like, you know, some mystery there and Mm -hmm. okay. I think I understand these things in the abstract that I'm supposed to have this internal fire and resolve or something kind of grit inside of me but that mm-hmm. that's kind of where it would have ended it would have mm-hmm. been more of a nebulous i need yeah. to have something in me that's on fire you know or mm-hmm. something kind of strong or whatever that is or or just push through hard things no matter what's going on internally that kind of thing yeah and of course <laughs> now it, it, it's a, it's a bit different and mm-hmm. um and what i what i think is really fascinating about you know understanding um, you know, he uses that phrase, they had nothing within them to hold up against mm-hmm. all of this. Well, what is he really referring to? Uh, I think it, it, you know, in in simple terms, it can be kind of distilled into words like values, mm-hmm. convictions, mm-hmm. you know, those places in our lives that are, we would say that are established. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've, I've, I've done enough, uh, you know, I've asked enough great questions to decide, you know, or I've had people ask me, right, enough great questions. So I've decided and predetermined, you know, as Mm -hmm. Dr. Andy says, predetermined those things that are valuable to me. You know, Mm -hmm. we talk about core values. Well, what does my core value? Mm -hmm. And um, so it's it's an interesting thing. The wind, right, we always say it's not a matter of if the wind is going to blow, it's when. Yeah. Well, if you've not predetermined those things, get ready to go wherever the wind blows. Mm-hmm. And so what I love is, is, and, and you, you and I, right. We're, we're pretty sappy people. I love love. I love the word love. I like talking about love. I like sappy love. I like hugs and kisses and flowers and love letters. And I don't care if it's koala bears hugging. I'm in, I just, I just like all that <laughs> kind of stuff. So what I think is kind of cool though, is, is you could ask yourself, you know, what do you love? Mm. What, what is it at the center of your being mm. that you have said, this is of ultimate importance to me, right? The greatest good. 
the summum yeah. bonum. What yeah. what have what have I placed, chosen, mm -hmm. right, of my own accord to place at the top of that um that hierarchy, mm -hmm. you know, of 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 things, whatever you want to call those things in your life, you know, those established bedrock kind of core, you know, things in our lives. Mm -hmm. Um and and of course, you know, back to his quote, right? You know, they they didn't hold up. That's and he said that's why they broke down. Well, yeah. they they were looking for things externally mm -hmm. to somehow establish, you know, their sense of well-being or their their mission. And when they when they didn't hold those things, you know, in their souls, right, and deep and deep in their hearts, it just you know there was really nothing there. Mm -hmm. So anyway, yeah. it's uh yeah. yeah. How about you? What do you what do you think about in, on some of that stuff? Yeah, those those external things you're describing you know, a lot of, a lot of my coaching clients, it, it, when we get to the deeper issues of why they might be having issues in their marriage or issues, issues with addiction to something that's harming their health, it is so much looking to those externals that, you know, once they've got the second, second jet, it, it, it still, you know, is hollow. Hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't give them those internal resources that you're talking about and yeah, yeah. you know for some it can it comes earlier in life and others it's 20 yeah. 30 years and they've they've had a lot of those externals and accolades in their career yeah. um you know money whatever it may be just you know a sense of you know physical fitness or whatever and yeah. those things are they're great and they're fun and um, can be used as a vehicle for greater good for others, but without that perspective, those things as an end unto themselves, um, really, really do harm. Yeah. Um, isn't it, know, isn't it interesting? You know, you and I talk about, you know, that word fullness or fulfillment or, you know, mm -hmm. in essence, that word full and, mm -hmm. you know, we look around our culture, right? I mean, you could, I don't care if it's, Michael Jackson to Prince to Elvis. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you can go down the line yeah. of people who had it all. Mm -hmm. They had more money they could spend in a lifetime. They had literally the the applause and the praise, right? Uh, borderline worshipped in our culture. Mm -hmm. You know, fill a stadium and people would just wipe out and faint because of their celebrity and all this kind of stuff. And those same people burn down their entire lives. They sabotage mm -hmm. their marriages, their their kids hate them, you know, they're, you know, drugs, alcohol, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And, and it's because, right. I, I, I can't, I can't imagine anybody, you know, arguing at the fact that they were just desperately looking for something to mm -hmm. solve to, to, you know, back to love, right. To love that most precious and beautiful place inside of them. I, yeah. I, uh, I love what Dr. Andy talks about with regards to, you know, children and, and the power of your, your environment. So when you start out early in life, right? Well, guess what? Your whole job biologically, like it's so wired into our nature as a little mm -hmm. baby is to be, you know, is to cry for attention and whether it's you're hungry, if you know, whatever mm -hmm. it is. And, and it's, it's a fascinating thing because on, on uh, on children who are not loved, children who don't have the extrinsic, you know, even the scriptures call mm -hmm. it an alien love, right? It's it's something mm -hmm. coming at you, 
those who do not have that type of of uh rearing you know they in love and touch and all that kind of stuff on a regular basis mm-hmm. you know doctors would say they have a a detachment disorder like you know and and I even even to that word disorder you know it's mm-hmm. disordered it's out of order mm-hmm. it's not that there's something that was you know that you've just got some you know you're missing some kind of genetics or chromosomes or something like that no there were things that there's a there's an order and a progression to things mm-hmm. in this life that only makes sense and when those things get out of order mm-hmm. right when a little baby isn't just kissed and smooched and told that they're loved and they're get their mm-hmm. cheeks squeezed and they're cuddled and you know and as they grow right you know i think mm-hmm. of parker and kate or ethan and brennan and you're not you're like mm-hmm you know, you look at me, dude, don't, don't worry about that. You're awesome. Get up, let's go. Mm-hmm. And you're just yeah. pouring into them. Mm-hmm. And of course, the beauty of that as a parent, right? As you're pouring something out, you're actually gaining. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's that upside down kingdom again. There's nothing lost in loving someone. Mm-hmm. In fact, they are just soaking it up and needing it and smiling it. And, you know, whether you're tickling them and loving them. And then if you don't do it, you know, they come over and like, hey, you know, tickle me. My, I remember Kate just saying, Dad, why you not tickling me? You know, isn't <laughs> that great? Her, her daily quota. She needs yeah. a certain number of hugs, certain amount of tickling. Yeah. But, but isn't that wonderful, that design? <laughs> you know, the design. The designer has put put into our very, our mm. very nature, our very DNA to, mm. to have that extrinsic you know, source of, of love. I mean, it, it's mirrors him, right? He, he's, he pours himself into us. Right. And, and for you to be able to offer that, you know, I think about the, the work that, that you do to be in a place where you are in a place of overflow. Mm. So, you know, what we're talking about, isn't this, um, you know, self-help, self-actualization unto just hanging out with ourselves. Yeah. But yeah. it's it is so that you can even, you know, kind of part the cloudy skies and be able to see to move into someone else's life mm. and pour into them. And you know, the the picture you posted yesterday of Parker being a graduate, just watching him launch, like he is yeah. well watered because you and Lisa are well watered and you're able then to overflow into him. And there is just, again, that ripple effect. And he was over helping at my Airbnb property. And, and, yeah. you know, I, I know that comes from you and you and Lisa watering into him. He's like, how can I help you? Calls me uncle chicken, which I totally love. I love that. I love it's that. the sweetest thing, but you know, he, he is so willing and eager and has so much to offer because he has been well watered and he is now even at 18 able to water himself. And I see him just developing those inner resources that give him that resilience. So he has eyes to see others and to offer and give. And um, Yeah. yeah, yeah, that, that is such a beautiful why behind, I mean, I feel like our whole reason for sitting here doing this podcast yeah. is, is that there's so much out there. And, and, you know, for me, I just, when I was so mired in all my stuff, when I was younger, it's like, I just couldn't even see those things. So to take a minute to know who I am and, and be able to, like you're saying, anchor back to even, even as something as simple as golf yesterday, I went back to my, my mission statement, which is 
go easy because I, I have a lot of achiever in me and I can drive myself really hard. So for mm. me, go easy, be filled with light and shine are my three. And even on the golf course yesterday, I'm like, all right, go easy, be filled with light and shine. And what does that look like? Even in something as simple as this. And wow. I love that Kirsten. Man. It sure was a telling, you know, to some of the folks I was golfing with, like even, even as you know, their, their comments as I was not playing well was so much about how they talk to themselves and, you know, you know, just that all oh, come on, or, you know, some that yeah. were just a whole lot more ready to critique and pounce. And I'm like, Ooh, I wonder, wonder how you talk to yourself. You know, if, yeah. if me not playing well bothers you that much, you know, it's like, wow, yeah. there's, there's such a different way um, that I used to really live in a whole lot more mm. until I stepped back and did what you're describing and, yeah. and am willing to then water myself and be a well-watered plant to slow yeah. down, take a minute, yeah. reorient and, and then move forward. So I love that. Isn't it neat that, you know, we, you know, when we're growing up, we have so many, um, you know, we, we, we need, I mean, I, I would say this, this might be a bit dramatic, but we need love and, and attention more than air. Mm. And I think the proof is in the pudding, right? Mm. Our whole lives. Mm. It's, it's a, it's something that when we are, when we are not given, you know, mm. that, I mean, we're talking today, of course, about the, the power of environment when we're not given that, I mean, we just start acting nuts. We start acting crazy, yeah. And um, what's interesting about growing up, right, is, you know, you have some kids that that they are so desperate to get the applause of their mm -hmm. parents or anybody around them that they are um, people pleasers and they're, you know, overachievers. They, they're the, what maybe somebody would call that, you know, the goody two shoes, whatever. They're going to do absolutely everything right mm -hmm. so that they get all of those accolades and those attaboys and, you know, whatever that whatever that looks like. Well, then you have you know, kind of maybe the, the, just the opposite where, you know, Hey, I'm not, I can't live up to all that. In fact, I'm going to go the other direction and mm. be such a bad boy so that I can get attention. Mm. You know, I mean, we see that in little kids where they're having a hissy fit about something or, you know, whatever it is, Yeah. but there's, there's something in us that is so desperate, you know, for, mm. for that affection, for that love and so on. And I, it's interesting as, you know, as Parker is, you know, leaving the nest, he's graduating um, here on Sunday, you know, there's a ceremony he's done with classes and so on. But yeah. he and I have talked a lot about the clinical term, you know, that Dr. Andy introduced to me self actualization, you know, so he's going from, and has been right as this progression going from the, you know, a, a little rascal, you know, who I just poured into. And as he's getting older, you know, I'm starting to help him feel established inside and giving him more rope to make decisions so that he can see where, you know, you know, Parker is making a dent in the universe. It's not dad telling Parker to do something. So Parker makes a dent. He's making that intrinsic, that internal choice. Mm. I'll be honest. I didn't know he called you and asked if he, how he could help. I love that. I like the fact that he's, I didn't tell yeah. him to do that. I know. And he hauled away all kinds of stuff and it was thorny bushes and didn't complain. And I'm like, Good. yeah, he's, he's going to soar at college. Yeah. So, and it's, yeah. and it's, it's interesting too. He's, you know, he's entering waters he's never been in. So mm -hmm. there is that hesitation and so on. So, you know, as I'm, 
you know, kind of letting him go, I'm still, you know, mm-hmm. you know, as he's being established inside, right? He's he's deciding, yeah. here's what I believe, here are, here's how I'm going to act. Here mm-hmm. are those things that I find valuable. And I would say even more so, when I do these things, I feel mm-hmm. alive. Yeah. I feel great. Like it just feels great to be me and to have this impact on, on those around, you know, the world and those around me. Right. And at the same time, he needs encouragement as well as he, you know, develops into his, his, his own self. Today's podcast is brought to you by StatGuard Plus. Protect your thermostat with the keyless StatGuard Plus and protect your budget. StatGuardPlus.com. Also, we have a free giveaway. Quite often, we get flooded emotionally, and we don't quite know what we're feeling. So I'd like to give you a free PDF that lists, in a very organized way, almost every emotion possible, in the English language anyway. It's a simple and yet very real-time powerful tool that helps you get out of your head and identify what's going on. Then you get to decide what convictions, values, and strengths, etc. you are going to use to take action or not. Visit davidosk.com forward slash podcast. So this concept of environment, David, when I when I even heard you read that quote at the start, yeah. you know, I think about the the internal environment that we create mm. between ourselves yeah. and you know our own mind and heart. Mm. Um, what what are your thoughts as you think about the internal environment that you create for yourself now versus even, you know, six, seven years ago before you came on to some of this very yeah. um, clear material around who am I and all of Andy Garrett's. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and uh, I'm, I'm so grateful for his, <laughs> you know, as a, as a, as a Christian brother, you know, he went to Azusa Pacific and just such a, a good and godly man. And at the same time, he looks at things from a kind of a clinical perspective. Mm-hmm. And I, so here's, what's kind of fascinating about this internal world, right? Um, uh, Andy is quoting someone and I forget, it was a, a lady who said, um, we tell ourselves a story mm-hmm. all day, every day, make mm-hmm. it a good one. You mm-hmm. know, we do, we tell ourselves a story. Yeah. All day, every day. Make it so a good if you Yeah. If you grew up with a story that that wasn't really a great one and was pretty much a lot of BS, yeah. like how how do you start to you know get get a new new story there? Cause I some of my coaching clients, mm. I mean, just grew up with I mean, I mean, just such unrealistic expectations and all dealing with their externals. Like they, they were clothed, they were expected to dress well, you know, um, they were expected to get good grades. It was all about external performance. And that's really all they were told their whole life that mattered about them. So, you know, say you're one of my 40 year old clients that's just now even starting to realize maybe I, I want to pay t- attention to the insides of myself, ask my kids how they're doing. And, and this is like Chinese, like I don't even know right. yeah. where to start to tell a new story. So, so here's, here, here's where it gets kind of fun. And I'll, I'll just, where I think you can kind of lay things out rather clearly as far as there is a story going on inside of you. 
Mm-hmm. And and I and and again, I believe just like gravity, you know, just like you know the law of thermal dynamics and so on, there are our mental and spiritual laws that we cannot avoid. And good mm-hmm. luck trying to avoid some of those things. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, um, you know, science shows that like if you have a you know, like the power of positive thinking and so on. Mm-hmm. I, I'm all into being positive, right? Absolutely. If you want, if you have like Zig Ziglar says, stinking thinking, get ready for a, a stinking life. <laughs> but here's what's really fascinating though, is this is science shows that if you make claims, you know, like about yourself and to yourself that mm-hmm. you don't believe, it mm-hmm. actually has a negative effect. So for instance, if you're like, all right, this was my story growing up. I'm going to make up a a mantra or a narrative that was that's that's just the exact opposite, so that I can believe that that was not true. Mm-hmm. That actually doesn't hold any water. Yeah. The 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 wonderful thing is is you know mission statements, mantras, or things like that. Just statements that you believe are, are true. Whatever you you know whatever you call those things, mm-hmm. um, they're actually very helpful, but mm-hmm. they have to be true. They have to be based in something that you believe. Mm. So, so a lot of this is, you know, there's a, again, some deeper work before you've got to decide what yeah. do you, what do you believe about, you know, yourself, mm. you know, and again, right. It's, it's some, sometimes some of those things based upon your, you know, where you mm. grew up and your, you know, what you've been exposed to all that kind of stuff can be a, a bit hard to grapple with. Yeah. And of course, so often because, because you are aware of yourself and you, you have some vocabulary around that you're so able to call out those things. And I think we touched on that in previous podcasts, but you are able to see other people's superpowers and say, you know, you do that. And, and those are the nuggets that I think are that, that starting point, if you want to develop a new narrative is, is to to ask someone that you trust or that you mm. see, you're like, man, I, I know they know some things that I don't know. And I, I wonder, yeah. I wonder what they would see in me, you know, and, and filter through that, of course, because we, sure, sure. you know, we're all flawed humans. But I think, I think often for me, it was like, wow, you know, over my lifetime, people have told me several times that, you know, you're good at this. And it's like, oh, yeah, I, I really, without that mirror being held up by someone else, yeah. I, I really wouldn't have been able to see that even reading some books or whatever. So that, that human piece, like in, when I work with my coaching clients, we'll talk through, you know, use any one of the many tools out there, whether it's strengths finder or whatever, but then also to have that person hear me, me say, you know, this is how I experience you. Yeah. Um, even something as simple as that can be really like, wow, okay, I guess I do have some aptitude in this. And um, that'll come out if I'm doing career coaching, or even in marriage coaching to talk about their strengths. And how could you leverage that to love your spouse better? Mm. And, and then like you're saying, David, it's that it's so natural. It's not this, I got to muster this up every day or try really hard because I'm faking it. Like yeah. me trying to say, well, I am the best golfer out there and I'm going to win at league this week, you know, yeah, yeah, probably not, not really, but I can bring yeah. light and I can um, enjoy the people around me, which I'm great at. So <laughs> I love that. I, so it's, you know, this might be getting a little bit 
you know, kind of clinical or in the weeds, but you know, we are, it's really important to understand that our mind and our brain are different, right? That's why we have the phrase, make up your mind. So your brain is on autopilot. That's why we tell ourselves a story every day, all day. That's more of that subconscious thing. And, and when that's I say subconscious, I've not heard that before. Huh. Yeah. And the subconscious is what people think, well, subconscious, that's some woohoo nonsense. No, so your subconscious is, mm-hmm. I don't need my, you know, my GPS, you know, to get me to the golf course or get me to the grocery store. In mm-hmm. fact, I can have a conversation with six people in the car and not think about how to get to Kroger. That's your mm-hmm. subconscious. It's just right under there. It's it's those things that are just neural pathways that are so ingrained in you. Well, so is that same thing with regards to your, you know, that story you tell yourself all day, every day. Mm-hmm. It's that it's that record that's just kind of skipping oh. and playing and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So what I think is fascinating, you know, when you go back from toddler to you know, adolescent teenager, and you start self-actualizing, well, that self-awareness piece is absolutely vital because you start seeing, you know, that record. You're like, hey, my brain right now is doing something. And especially, and, you know, not to get too morbid here, but people have been through trauma, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and like really, really tough stuff when someone has been, you know, violated you in some way. Well, that's an instant neuro pathway that, that, that your brain might you know, rehearse for a millionth of a second, a thousand Mm -hmm. times a day. So what does that do? That causes your body to have cortisol and adrenaline and and you're, you know, you're, you're running on something, you're running on a fuel that is, Mm -hmm. is really counterproductive. Mm -hmm. So part of, you know, the self-actualization, like you said, we live in a broken world is, is, is seeing those things saying what is true about mm. those things mm. not what i wish was true yeah but then you know turning those things into something that you're i'm going to stand upon mm. the, the, this is so so my my core values are going to speak to this particular issue so say you're bullied as a as a young mm. person right oh man i'm i'm going to actually use my core values to bring mm-hmm. this experience into my uh, my mission, you know, mm-hmm. or potential mission, I might not need might not need to keep it front and center. Yeah. I cannot deny it; it happened. But man, I'm going to use this thing mm-hmm. absolute good in someone's life. And what I um, hear you describing is that that difference of just reacting. Yeah, but that's the brain really staying in the driver's seat of of acknowledging, yep, I just got that flush of cortisol, fight or flight, yep. but then I get to respond. Oh, that's the mind, right? Take that's, a minute. Yeah. And then I think Andy talks about, a, I really loved in his his course, even taking that one step further then of, you know, responding in the, the immediate situation, but then thinking about how do I want to take initiative? Right down the road around this and boy, that, that just gives a sense of groundedness feeling, um, you know, that you are in the driver's seat. And Mm. even when you're in a, a situation, you know, and like my husband was sick where it just, you know, keeps happening and we keep having ER visits or whatever to then, like you're talking about, get out of the ditch more quickly and move back to, okay, this happened. That was a shock. Yeah. But now, how do I want to respond as I've caught my breath here? And then moving forward, is there initiative to take? Should that happen again? Should it not happen again? 
Um, But just in my mind to have some of that framework really helps when you are in an ongoing crisis. Yeah. And it's, and it's a funny thing. Like I remember, I remember the first time, you know, someone introduced this idea of your mind and your brain being different, you know, I'm like, Mm -hmm. and, and it's a funny thing, right? Because we're, we, we are being that we're human. We're not like, you know, they're animal species, right? We can think about thinking, you know, we can think about our own consciousness, consciousness, Mm -hmm. you know, no other species can think about thinking. And it's a, and so what's wonderful is, is in our mind, my Mm -hmm. mind, uh, you know, uh, again, mind here. So being a little vulnerable here, right? The story that I was telling myself all day, every day, especially growing up was, is that what I I was, I was dumb. Mm -hmm. I was lazy. I was a quitter, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was, and, and so much of that, I didn't necessarily realize, you know, I was. Yeah, I was I was saying to myself, right? Mm-hmm. I lacked self awareness, mm-hmm. and and of course, you know, once I realized, man, this this is a message that I'm kind of rehearsing in my mind. Yeah, and um, and so here's what's fascinating, though, it's not to look back on all of those seasons of my life and to say that some of that wasn't true. Truth mm-hmm. of the matter is, is I had a lazy streak in me sometimes. Mm-hmm. There is with regards to being dumb, right? No, there, there. Mm-hmm. I, I learned a different way than a lot of people did. I think mm-hmm. I'm actually quite intelligent. Mm-hmm. And um, so, anyway, my point is, is I don't need to just completely deny my mm-hmm. humanity. In fact, yeah. you know what is true about some of that stuff mm-hmm. is, you know, the truth sets free. Well, now yes. I can take that, the totality of who I am, all mm-hmm. of the, the the parts, even some of the ones I don't even want to look at. Mm-hmm. And bring bring that into right now and yeah. use my mind, right? And you know, coupled with my my mm-hmm. soul, my heart, my convictions, all that kind of stuff, and decide, yeah. oh, David, what do you want to do with this? Mm-hmm. You know, what can you do this with this? What are the options? And now when of course younger people, my own children or people that I'm I'm coaching or mentoring, you know, have I I, I can now see that story in them, mm-hmm. right? And I can use you know, my story, right. Mm -hmm. I can become their environment, right. It's not, you know what I mean? It's, it's the power of your environment, boy. Mm -hmm. We all have a whole lot going on in our environment growing up and even now, but when you've established, you know, that internal compass Mm -hmm. and so on it, I've never actually even vocalized that before, but I get to become someone else's environment in a powerful and virtuous way. Mm -hmm. They can do with it what they want. Right. Yeah. But in essence, you know, I, I like this idea. This is getting a little bit John Eldridge here, but, you know, we are, as a man, he says, you're a, you're a king with a small K. You know, mm-hmm. are you a good king or a bad king? Well, what does that really mean? It's, well, wherever I am, my sphere of influence, whether I'm in my house or at the gas station, yeah. um, I, I, I try, you know, quite often to view myself as the king in that situation, right? Mm-hmm. If something turns chaotic, mm-hmm. whatever it is, I'm stepping into that. Right. I'm not going to turn my back and tuck tail and run. That is absolutely not who I am. I am the one who brings order to chaos. I'm the one who brings joy to sorrow. I'm the one who brings laughter into into in places that are might need, you know, might need a bit of levity, right? Mm-hmm. And not that I have to, but I get to. Yeah. And that's part of my nature. And I um, notice in you as you've you've moved into that more so that that there is a rest about it that is um is more present for you as well. And it just is yeah. very natural for you. It's your, mm-hmm. it's who you are. And so there isn't 
um, yeah, there's, there's just a rest and it feels like, like a kingdom, like I like being around, like you've created an environment that, that is going to be kind to David and is, is going to befriend yourself, you know, where, so then I, I love being around it because it is, there's room for me and all of my, you know, imperfections as well. But it also then invites me, um, to, to like, it's, it's a sense of dignity because you have that sense of, of kingship when you show up and I'm like, Hey, I can do that too. And here's, here's, what's fascinating. Right. And thank you for that. I, I, I'll, 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 I'll receive that. Like I I'm, I'm grateful that I've, I have a sense of, you know, ease around just being me. Right. Mm-hmm. Here's what's interesting though. We've all been around people who um, have a massive impact. Right. But it is so over the top generated mm-hmm. and they're constantly wanting to inform you or, or inspire yeah. you, or they're, they're just got to say something that's ultimately about themselves, mm-hmm. right? They're trying to direct the attention back to themselves because they were extra witty. They were extra wise. They were extra something. And mm-hmm. it just is exhausting. Yeah. It's not sustainable, is it? Yeah. It's, it's not true to their, their design so nature. So, and yep. what's marvelous too, though, is, is, is when you like, I love your phrase, right? When you've relaxed into your own authenticity and identity, you've identified those things that God authored in you, right? Authenticity. And you just act in accordance with those things. Yeah, there is a relaxedness. I'm not trying to act like my older brother. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to act like, you know, some politician I admire or some mm-hmm. talking head on, you know, Facebook or something. I've I mean, it's a, can you imagine trying to act like someone else? I mean, we, we see that, right? Oftentimes, you know, daughters will try to act like their mom or, you know, sons will try to act like their dad. And, you know, I'm just going to do what he's doing. He's winning. I'm going to try to do that. Yeah. Or especially when you get into your uh, like college and early twenties and so on, you're so desperate to, you know, pay the bills and be somebody, all that kind of stuff. I'm yeah. going to start doing what that guy's doing because mm-hmm. he's quote unquote winning. Mm-hmm. But there might be some of those things. They may have some traits that if you assimilate those into your life might help you. Sure. But boy, if if you start acting outside of your nature, good mm-hmm. luck with that. Yeah. I, uh, I, I heard yeah. a famous singer interviewed ye- yesterday and, you know, the, the person interviewing brought up this other famous singer and, you know, well, what do you, what do you think of her? And, and this singer's response was, I don't. And mm. I just thought, boy, you're just staying in your lane and doing your thing. <laughs> and it was like, you know, she's, okay. she was like, I'm sure she's, she's great singer, but I don't, I don't think of her. And I was like, wow, I like that. You know, she's just over here doing her thing and not yeah. getting that comparison trap or yeah. you know, whatever it may be. Because so often for me, I can, I can get into someone else's lane, that whole codependency thing oh, way man. too fast. And then it's like, wait a minute, who's doing, who's doing Kirsten over here? You know, and, you know, it's funny. You mentioned the whole codependency thing. I've had several conversations this week about that. And that's a, that's a whole nother, we could go down a, you know, I'm not going to say rabbit trail, but a, mm-hmm. you know, a, a pretty deep discussion with regards mm-hmm. to that, because I think we all, you know, suffer with some of that. You're, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're, you just, yeah. And, and again, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to get too far into those, those weeds there, but something you said earlier with regards to you know, identifying strengths and having an impact on people around you. So one of the things that that I think is kind of fascinating around that is, is I remember about 10 years ago, yeah, that StrengthsFinder test, right? That uh, StrengthsFinder 2.0. Clifton 
Yeah. yeah. Super insightful. Like I, I was, um, I really, really enjoyed that, uh, that test. In fact, when I did that, uh, Lisa and I uh, went out like the next day and bought her a book. So she took the test and we could identify each other's top five. And it was, it was kind of liberating. She's like, boy, you are, this is so you like she read my label and like gave us a vocabulary yeah. once again to talk about those things. And she's like, you're just like my grandpa, you know, and, and, um, and <laughs> grandpa it was, Ray Busby, you got to give him right. a shout out. What a great guy. I miss you. <laughs> yeah. So what here, here's what I think is fascinating though, under that layer. So our strengths, right. Are not who we are. Mm. Our strengths are, are, are tools at our disposal. Mm. Right. So my top five, right, is, you know, is, you know, communi- or is communication, woo, kind of winning people over, that kind of thing. Oh, I guess I'm, you I know, empathy, yeah. positivity, connectedness. Mm-hmm. So what, here's what's really neat, though, is, is if you get below, you know, those things that people kind of see mm-hmm. and you get to your values, you get to what does your core value Mm. And also virtues. It's really important to understand the difference between a value and a virtue. A value is a, you know, something that's a conviction that it's a matrix that I make decisions through. If it doesn't align with these values, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. Or I am, you know, it's a yes and a no rather easily. But a virtue then is an outward expression of mm. what type of an impact I want to have. How that shows up. And, and those yeah. strengths are just, you know, areas that I can operate, you know, some of those virtues in. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important to understand that most people, when you, you know, you introduce yeah. mind brain being different, when you introduce value, virtue being different, mm. they're just like, what? And yeah. the truth of the matter is, is I was the same way a few years ago. Mm-hmm. These things were just kind of these nebulous ideas right. about how to be nice. And that was yeah. about it. Well, and you've, you've encapsulated a lot there, you know, for, for listeners to break down, but it's, you know, to, to take the time to like, look at those strengths. And, and one thing that I've done a deeper dive on in the last year is the, the mature expression of that strength. So that virtue, like you're talking about of where it shows up or the raw expression and knowing what those are can really help you in maturing so that you aren't operating out of the raw form of that. Like my, my top one is achiever. And like I mentioned, my, my mission with the go easy for Mm. me, that's so important because the raw form of achiever is burnout right? and I can overdo it so easily. And then, you know, like you mentioned that whole, like some of my coaching clients, just laziness has been part of their story. But when they realize the mature version of that is like to an achiever like me, someone like that can help me to rest and slow down too. Yeah. So there's a really good side, you know, to, to the flip, but boy, once again, you know, this unpacking it isn't yeah. just unto an end of me in myself, but it plays out so much in the way that I can give and serve others in a way that's sustainable. And like you're saying, isn't really, they receive it in a way that this is still about me and I'm taking right. somehow. So yeah. yeah, all of that, what you just broke down there to sit with, what are your strengths, those things you value, and then how does that express itself from a place of, of rest for you? And, and that, um, just re fulfillment, like you said, yeah. where it's just the, the virtuous loop, like Andy says, isn't that great? The, 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 um, 
I think too, with regards to the, the hierarchy of these things, you know, we think of, back to that word disorder, you know, mm. this person has a mental disorder or an eating disorder or whatever they're disordered. So what mm. I think is fascinating is, is when we, you know, get the greatest good, right? Love. Mm. I, I, I would, I would debate anybody in the world at any time in history to tell me why love in mm. its purest form, right? Like you over me, why that's not mm. the greatest thing you know, to ever hit our planet. Right. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, obviously as a, as a Christian, right. Jesus Christ taking a seat on the floor so that we would have a seat at the table, ultimate power sitting on the floor. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a metaphor for crucifixion, right? I mean, so that we would have the honored place. Well, what's he telling us this idea of, of self-awareness? Absolutely. But then like you said at the beginning, it is, it is, you know, what is it? Selfishness or selflessness, not thinking less of yourself, but yeah, thinking you of yourself less. Self-forgetful. Yeah, yeah. You forget rather easily yeah. because you're operating in this beautiful, comfortable place because you've, mm. you've ordered, mm. you know, love. Okay. I, you know, kind of this umbrella of self-awareness. What are these things that I value? You know, what are, what type of an impact do I want to have on those around me? What strengths am I employing, you know, to operate in this life? And yeah. it's all of a sudden it's, you become someone who is powerful and yet relaxed, you know, kind of like water. You become someone who is, who is fluid and yet can, you know, if I want to, right, I can, I can freeze, freeze cold and turn into a sword and get to work if I need to, you know, you, 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 you're able to operate in, in all of these beautiful and dangerous moments in life, but, but there's a, but it's a natural, you know, progression to things. And the order of that is so important. Yeah. And that when, when things have their place, which means that that internal environment you're creating, you're pausing to ask yourself, you know, what, what do I need right now? Then everything can have that, that balance that I, I, I kind of shy away from balance because I think life can come where it's, it's so unbalanced and you need to tend to something at a greater, um, with greater intensity than others, but just that sense of order yeah. of, of the basics having their place. And, yeah. and I've always been thankful for that barometer of, you know, when things get disordered yeah. now to, to be able to pay attention to those things. And there are certain mm-hmm. habits and areas in my life that'll show up real quick, yeah. but if I can leverage my value of kindness mm-hmm. toward that, and like you're saying, create this environment around that now that I've learned, okay, when I, when I create this environment, then that stays in its place is it's just such a gift because then very quickly again, like Mary Oliver says in her, her poem of when I'm um, among the trees, she talks about walking in the woods and being forgetful of myself and Hmm. seeing hints of gladness in the leaves. And the last line of that is go easy, be filled with light and shine. Mm. Ah, there it is. For me, that is Mm. just exactly center and home. So Mm. yeah, but I, I miss the, miss the sunlight on the leaves when those things are not in, in order. So I'll be honest. I'm not sure there's a better way to end a podcast. I, uh, thank you for sharing that, that poem there. And I, there's so many, you know, paradigms that we talked about today that I, you know, we could, really drill down on each of those and we'll probably yeah. do that going forward do right it. yeah but um um as far as our 
our, our next podcast, and I'll just say this, um, this loosely, but I think we're going to kind of revisit the word authentic. You know, mm-hmm. what does it mean to be authentic? And mm-hmm. there's so many people, you yeah. know, that would talk, use that word so loosely mm-hmm. and flippantly. Like I'm, I'm authentically angry. Yeah, no, you're not. Nope. Mm-hmm. I completely disagree with that. And um, because the the beauty of authenticity has nothing to do with your mood. It has mm-hmm. everything to do with what the author established in you to operate in a, mm-hmm. in a light filled, virtuous, courageous way. There's no other, there's no other option for a human to be authentic mm-hmm. other than in the light of virtue. And um, I can't wait to talk about, about I'm more. I'm learn from you on this one. Can't it's wait. Gonna be, it's going to yeah. be an invitation, an invitation to, to light and love and courage and, and to find that, that what the, what the beautiful author just put inside of you. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll circle back uh, next week and record another episode, but this has been, what a joy here, buddy. What a great time That's to talk treat. about these things. Way to kick off the yeah. weekend. Love it. Thanks, kicking, girl. Kicking some osk. All right. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. See ya. I want to thank you today for joining us on the Greatest Good Podcast. I love the quote by Oliver Wendell Holmes. He says, many people die with their music still in them. Well, what is that music in you? What are those things that cause your energy to rise? What are those things that when you do them or say them, give you goosebumps? Kirsten and I coach people and organizations through Dr. Andy Garrett's True North Blueprint, where you identify that music. When you laser in on who you are uniquely and operate from that heroic and peaceful place, life starts to get really good. This podcast is brought to you today by StatGuard Plus. Protect your thermostat and do it with the keyless StatGuard Plus. Also, if you want to get in touch with us, please email me at hello at davidosk.com. Also, if you don't mind clicking subscribe to our podcast, that would be great and leaving us a kind review. Thanks a lot. <laughs>